2: This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello everybody and welcome to the Royal Blue Podcast. I'm Phil Kirkbride and today I'm joined by Dave Prentice, Adam Jones, Chris Beasley and Gav Buckland for a special podcast recording on the day that Everton confirmed the appointment of Rafael Benitez, as the club's new manager. So of course that is the talking point and of course many offshoots that will come from it. Many talking points are the most contentious, controversial decisions Everton have ever made, certainly since so sure he came to the football club. Um, so, Preno, here we are. We long knew, I guess, long believed that it was going to be Rafa, almost two weeks, I guess, of discussions where he had taken the sort of the lead in the race to replace Carlo Ancelotti. Um, it's now been confirmed,
1: three-year deal. What are your overriding thoughts? We've had plenty of time to get used to the idea, haven't we? But when the um, the announcement was made and uh, the social media post started dropping, I immediately thought it reminded me of like an April Fool's Day stunt. Just just seeing Rafa with a blue and white scarf uh, with an Everson crest behind him, it just didn't quite sound, look right. It was it was all a little bit surreal. Um, my initial thoughts are pretty much the same as they have been, you know, uh, over the last like week or so. And, you know, most Evertonians will get behind, you know, sort of the owner's decision and support it because they want Everton Football clubs to succeed. They want to win trophies. But I don't think there's many out there that are welcome to the decision or are happy with the decision. I mean, they're doing it because basically they support their football club. Uh, but it concerns me. Um, you know, I've spoken in the past about Rafael Benitez being a very, very good coach, a very, very good manager, somebody that could, you know, bring success to a football club. But I just fear that at Everton, it will only take one or two things to go wrong, you know, very early on, for the atmosphere to turn damagingly toxic. You know, it always goes that way with managers, or it has done in recent years. Um, you know, towards the end of years, you know, Marco Silva's, uh, Roberto Martinez's, uh, Sam Allardyce. Um, but at least they had like um, a period of grace to begin with, you know, whereby they could actually, you know, sort of try and you know sort of get their methods across. You just wonder, will that be the case? You know, so Rafa, will he be allowed that time and that freedom to do that? I hope he does get it, you know, so I hope you know so it does, you know, sort of turn out right because we're all Abitans, we want the football club to succeed. But I've got to be honest and say I'm concerned, you know, so I'm, I'm not quite so sure, you know, it, it can work out as successfully as we hope it will do. Um Ad, what, what what do you think? Do you, do you share
2: your concerns there with Preno that I guess supporters or certainly a a, a section of supporters have, have got Rafa on a on a shorter leash than other managers would be, and and he's almost on the back foot to start with, or you know, and can he overcome that? You know, will he be will he be bothered? He's been at Chelsea and, and felt a hostile atmosphere and, and succeeded there. How do you think it's going to pile out?
0: Yeah, I, I, I have to say I do agree with Preno's concerns. To be honest, I think you know with with the position that the club currently find themselves in, you know, we're thinking three years out from having a new stadium and everything like that, you know, definitely trying to get into Europe, et cetera. Now, I just think it was a completely sort of unnecessary risk for, uh, well, I was going to say the board for, for Farhad Mashiri really, to take in an appointment, somebody like Rafa Benitez, because I don't think he was head and shoulders above anybody else that was, you know, being considered, uh, potentially for this role, because you know, I don't think there was any real standout candidate that was there. I don't think Everton really knew uh, the kind of manager that they wanted next, and they've they've gone for somebody you know probably who's got the best CV out of out of everybody uh, that was potentially spoken to, because you know he has won trophies uh, at a lot of clubs in the past. But just because he's won a lot of trophies at these clubs doesn't mean that he's the right fit for Everton, in my opinion. Just think. It's a it's an extremely de- divisive sort of decision that Everton have made, and with the with the position the club's currently in, I just don't, don't think they needed to be that that divisive with it. They could have they have went down a, a a different route and produced, I, I think, similar or better results uh, with you know a manager that all fans can can get behind. I just don't think Rafa's Rafa's ever going to have that to be honest. And I think you know, like you say, a lot of fans are going to have him on a shorter leash. You know, if he does. Go through, you know, an early run of, of poor performances, then you know, fans. Yeah, you know, I was going to say fans are going to turn on them. I don't think there's going to be. I don't think there's going to be fans who are going to be, you know, uh, behind them in the first place. So it, it's just going to be. It's, it's just going to be weird, isn't it? And I, and I do hope. I do hope that it works out, but uh, I'm not expectant that it'll work out. But to be honest.
2: Is, is there an argument to say that actually the appointment of Rafael Benitez in replacing Carlo Ancelotti actually does offer a, 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 a sort of an element of continuity because there is an argument to say that had we gone for a younger coach, unproven, a little bit, you know, potential over yeah. sort of proven, actually that would have been a been another about turn and then turned the whole thing on its head again. Where Whereas it does appear to me that Farhad Mashiri has gone for the most experienced and proven manager available to replace a proven and experienced yeah. manager.
3: Yeah, I, I get that. I mean, I, I say, for the example, I wanted, I wanted Poster as my first choice. Mm. Um, but that inherently brings a risk, doesn't it? That you're you bringing a certain style of football that we've not played and not got the players for, and that then there's a transition. There's no guarantee you'll, you'll achieve what you want to achieve within a couple of years, you know, might take time. So uh, I get that. Um, I don't want to use the word safe pair of hands. Um, But I think that's the the choice the club had, isn't it? Was was to progress and bring in somebody who would play modern, fast-paced, whatever, pressing football, uh, or bring somebody in who's going to be a bit more stable. May not be pretty on the eye, but it will give you some stability. perhaps we haven't had over the last five years Um, and I get that I I can see the attraction of that with with Benitez he may perhaps offered more than uh, some of the other candidates out there if that's what they what they wanted and I I, I can understand why you'd want that as a board to be honest with you at the moment if you were Everton Um, but I, I take on board exactly what I and Dave were saying that the 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 other side of the coin to that, it is it is a hugely divisive appointment, isn't it? Um, and that's the price. I suppose the price you pay. Uh, but the thing I say is, having beneath us, is it, it's also a product of. There's not a lot of out there. Is that you've got us Palace and Spurs all looking in the same sort of pool of managers, and that pool is very very shallow, isn't it really? Uh, there's no outstanding candidates as um Adam said and, and uh I can I can see the thought patterns within the board or forehead, whoever's p- appointing the manager, where the answer is Benitez. I can I can see that completely. Uh it wouldn't necessarily wouldn't nowhere near my first choice, but I can see as we sit at the moment why we've ended up with us quite clearly. And I think it is to bring that stability. Uh when we're trying to get like, you know loans that run into several hundred millions of pounds and all that type of stuff. Perhaps that's what you want, isn't it?
2: Mm-hmm. Chris, um it it's very clear that this was Farhad's appointment and and pretty much nobody else's. He was the one that that pushed for Rafa and, and decided that he was the man and, and 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 despite the backlash which he was aware of, he he's convinced that Rafa Benitez is the right man. Um what what do you, do you agree with that with with Machiri's conviction there that rafa benitez is this the right man at this point in everton's uh, in everton's uh, mm-hmm.
4: situation um as as the owner he, he, he's got to be strong and go, and go with his um beliefs um but i think you you also have to sort of understand the, the fan base um i think the issues with benitez aren't necessarily that He's an ex-Liverpool manager per se. I know, obviously, we've all written about it in recent weeks. And I'd said that, say, for example, Brendan Rodgers was in the frame of the former Liverpool manager who's done very well in the Premier League recent seasons on a similar sort of budget and um, resources as Everton. He would have been um, probably welcomed a lot more within the, the fan base. Um, concerns with Rafa, yeah, that not necessarily. I mean, I understand there are people who that is a big barrier with the fact that he is an ex-Liverpool manager. But um, the concerns, I think, with a lot of the fans are that um, a lot of those great successes which he did have were, uh, were quite a while ago now. Um, probably even further back than Ancelotti's um, successes. They'd actually follow quite similar career paths with the clubs they'd been at. There's another um, concern I brought forward. Um, that he had to show that he wasn't just a an nurse at Sanchalotti, somebody who'd been in those similar positions and hadn't reached quite the same heights. But um, uh, Farhad Meshiri is um, obviously the, the the man who has to make these um, decisions. And like you said, that on the one hand, it's been pointed out he would see Benitez as the safe pair of hands, as Gav has mentioned, the tried and trusted manager with a Premier League. Track record and a record for success in the past, and maybe when you have got like these, these big loans and then um, the new stadium to build, you, you want that, those sort of reassurances. But, um, personally, I, I, I think history has shown us that Everton tend to do better with younger managers, young, hungry managers, sort of the, the modern day equivalent of David Moyes. But I think the, the problem was the modern day equivalent of David Moyes doesn't necessarily exist at the moment,
2: yeah, certainly. Certainly, Carlo Ancelotti, Preno, um, dropping Everton into a far from ideal situation, and and perhaps why you know ultimately, well, very much so, why why we're here today um, discussing a new manager. Um, is is Rafa's managerial best behind him? Um, a, a lot of fans will will have seen a move to China as as somebody waving the white flag on 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 a managerial career. Others would fairly say, well. With no other options in a Premier League or a good club uh, for him, you know, the, the, an offer from China very lucrative for a couple of seasons. You'd be mad to
1: turn it down. Do you feel that Benitez still has something to prove? I certainly hope so. We, we don't know. It's a simple answer. We'll we'll find that out, you know, so in the in the very very near future. I mean, his CV is excellent. Uh, football hasn't changed that significantly over the tenure of his managerial career to suggest that, you know, he's a dinosaur, he's past it, you know, he can't do it. You know, he's, his record at Valencia, which was a long time ago, was utterly outstanding. That got him in the move to Liverpool, where obviously we you know what he did there. Um Relatively recently, Chelsea, you know, saw the Europa League and, you know, Champions League qualifications. And even Napoli, you know, okay, Coppa Italia, you know, so it's easy to win a cup competition, but still did well. But, most recently of all, Newcastle, the supporters up there absolutely adored him. And, um, you know, they got relegated under his tenure, admittedly halfway through a season, you know, where, you know, he didn't have a, a great deal of opportunity to, to help them survive. But I think a lot of that uh, love for him came because he refused to abandon ship. You know, he, he stayed with them, he got them promotion and won the championship and then, you know, sort of steadied them in the Premier League. And so they liked, they liked him up there. So he still has plenty of qualities uh, as a coach, which he can bring, you know, sort of to, to Everson, hopefully, you know, sort of bring the best out of it. But the big problem he's got is Everson's squad, we've, we've said this ourselves many times and the hierarchy themselves have admitted this. that the squad needs an overhaul. You know, it needs new talent. It needs, uh, you know, sort of good quality players bringing in, in a number of positions And is the situation at the club such that you'd be able to do that? You know, will the financial fair play regulations allow him to do that? So he's got to hit the ground running. He's got to win, you know, matches very, very quickly to get the uh, the the fan base on site, and he's got to do that, you know, with a squad of players which needs attention at the moment and you know so needs some additions so the most important thing you need to do is bring in some top quality you know recruitments at the moment and get some you know some high quality players there and then maybe people will start to think a little bit more positively about the new season and start thinking a little bit more excitedly about it Um, but i think he's got great qualities as a coach absolutely you know you listen to the you know players that you played under at liverpool and they don't say they love him because he's not the kind of you know man manager that puts an arm around a player and engenders you know sort of cordiality, if you like, uh, but they respect him enormously uh, because of what he does, you know, on the training pitch and what he brings into matches. And I was looking back, you know, so the, the Chelsea players talking about the Europa League win and uh, the players talking about the way he affected that final against Benfica. I think it was David Louise who said that what he said at half time, um, you know, so sort of absolutely changed the game. Uh, the, the winning goal I forget who took the corner but you know he, he was told basically where to play the ball was it matter he was told where to play the ball into the particular area and Ivanovic scored the winner from there he affected the game directly because he's a workaholic He his is, is research and his you know his homework into matches is huge and he will bring that to Everson but as I said at the outset you know the fan reaction uh, is such an important thing at Goodison Park and it can buy managers time um, and it can also crucify them and I just hope it's the former in this case, because I think, I think he does have qualities as a coach he can still bring to Everton, but it's whether he's allowed to do that. Seems as though Rafa does his best work at half-time then, Brennan. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, he's, he's very, very good at, you know, affecting, you know, so the outcome of matches and changing things. He's um, he's a student of the game and, you know, he does, um, you know, some sort of make changes off the hoof and sometimes gets things wrong, you know. So as we saw at half-time in Istanbul, In uh, in that Champions League final, but managed to change it quite decisively in the second half. So, who knows?
2: The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I think it would be very fair to say that Rafa Benitez, whatever happens over the course of his three-year contract, would ultimately never be loved by Evertonians. I think that's you know that's almost impossible, and I don't think he would be naive enough naive enough to think that would happen. But could this end up with Rafa Benitez being hugely respected by Evertonians? Is, is there a possibility that, that, this ends, that this ends positive? Because it for, to me, it, it seems easy and understandable, absolutely, because you look at the track record of, of lifespans of managers recently at Everton and, and the fact that he's on the back foot from the word go. But it, it, it's been very easy for people to just go, this is not going to work, it's going to end in tears. But can it work? Farhad is convinced
0: it will. Oh, well, well, can work. Uh, I, I think I think you'd be naive yourself to say that, that it couldn't work because you know at the end of the day, Rafa, as I said before, you know Rafa Benitez has won things at uh, a lot of clubs across Europe. You know he's a he's a successful manager. He's going to have Farhad Mashiri's full back, and we know that when you've got the back and a Machiris, you're going to get money to spend. You know Everton. You know they, they've got. Some quality players across the pitch. I think we know that obviously uh, some added quality is needed in certain areas, especially you know in terms of like squad depth and stuff like that. So it's going to be intriguing to see how the squad sh- shapes up uh, after this summer transfer window. But you know, if, if he is managed, if he does manage to get the right signings in place, if he can you know, develop a develop a system that's actually going to be functional for Everton, because at the end of the day, you know, the, at the start of last season, particularly Everton, we're playing some some nice football weren't they so if we can if we can get back to that strike the sort of balance between attack and defence that we want to see then you know it's all I think the the views of Everton fans hasn't changed well the view for for me hasn't changed is that I want I want some sort of like a slow a slow progression something that's going to be sustainable over the next few years you know I think I think the target should certainly be uh, European football at the end of this season I think that's that's going to be the steady progression that we need to see. But you know, anything above tenth now it now constitutes as progression, doesn't it? Really, for Everton. So, I think it can it can certainly be a success. But I think it's interesting, you know, what what you say there about uh, Benitez probably won't ever be loved by Everton fans because if he like, let's say for example that you know it goes it goes amazingly well and he and he manages to win Everton a trophy, what happened What happens then? Because I've I've gone, you know, the the majority of my life thinking yeah. Oh, the next manager to win a trophy for Everton should have a statue built for them. Like, would would Rafa Benitez have that sort of have that sort of effect? It's like if, if say you know he's he's lifting the FA Cup with Everton at the end of the season, you know at the end of, at the end of the day, you know you, you've you've got to hope that that success can happen. And uh, and and I do think that you know if if he, if he does manage to do that over the course of you know this three year contract as you say that he's got, then you know think, fingers crossed that he can leave with. You know a certain amount of respect, and you know I think he will have some Everton fans loving him. If he, if if, if that is the case, uh, it will certainly have more more Everton fans loving him than 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 right now. At the very at the very least, hopefully hopefully there'll be less bedsheets uh, scattered across the whittle as well. So, you know, f- <laughs> fingers uh, fingers crossed that can be the case uh, over over the next couple of years. Certainly,
2: Gav. I mean, Fahad Mashiri issued a, a fairly detailed lengthy Q&A on the club website um, this afternoon. Although One of the omissions, I guess, would be there was no kind of reference into what Rafa Benitez's appointment says about the strategy and the plan. But to me, and I've sort of been, been musing over this for the, for a couple of weeks, I don't know what you think, but it feels to me as though we are morphing into a Chelsea-style going for the experience going for the cv if it doesn't work hiring firing it doesn't matter we're just going to keep everything going until we we, we find the formula i mean rightly or wrongly yeah. do you think that's the way we're going is you know is that the plan does it appear to be or
3: is that a plan it's not a, it's not having a plan a plan uh a <laughs> philosophical question that isn't it um yeah, um the problem is Chelsea are not con you know, panel started the day, it started talking about you know FFP and stuff like that. Chelsea's income is what? Five hundred million quid a year. You can afford to make mistakes and you know rectify quite easily because of your financial wealth. We're not in that position, which means that hiring and firing every year or two is just gonna make things worse. You know, with us we've ended up paying a huge portion you know, an unhealthy proportion of our income on Payments to sack managers, you know. Um, so I, I it's that's not something that I'd, I'd advocate for a club our size, um, it wouldn't work. Um, what works is this is a hackney it's, it's phrase now, isn't it? About identity and the club's identity, and what, indeed, what is it? You know, the club needs to establish his identity and appoint managers that. Fulfill that identity. So, if you want someone to bring more progressive football, pressing young players, bring them through, buy them at certain, you know, certain ages, sell it, a profit, you know, that's our strategy. We will just appoint managers who will fit into that. So that's what we should be doing, you know, and, and not the, the, the gung ho. I know it's different with Ancelotti, you know, hire them and fire them. Really is something that. Can't work for a club of our size purely because of the financial constraints, but it can work for Chelsea. Um and also as well, their money gives them a better better talent pool to choose from, both in terms of players and managers. So yeah, it doesn't work for us. Um but, but that sort somewhat goes back to the, the, the question you asked me the Disney was you know about Rafa that if he's the answer, and and I was thinking about that when Rafa's name was first used a couple of weeks ago. You know, if Benitez is the answer, what is the question? And yes. the question is, we want to bring somebody who's going to bring. He's got a good CV. Who's going to bring stability? Who is still a good coach? You know, I, I, I like I like him to find but the one thing Benitez is, he's a good coach, training ground coach still. He can set up teams. You know, he's going to be onto the players. Get you know, be tough with them, which is what we need. Get them fit. If, if, if they want somebody to answer those questions, then Benitez fits into that, doesn't he? Which I think that is what we're looking at with this appointment. Mm. Yeah. No, not not helped by the fact that there's probably other managers. you know, the the, the the talent pool is is shallow, as I said, but, mm. yeah, that, that, that's what I think the, the question is. You know, with the appointments, those are the, those are the questions that you're trying to answer. Mm. Um, but the hard and far in every couple of years doesn't do us any good. Well, the. the is it really no. yeah no
2: absolutely um, Chris I'll read you uh, read you a quote from, from Farhad in the, in the Q&A mm-hmm. um, he was asked what do you want to see from our new managers Everton team and uh, the majority shareholder answered a team that has a winning mentality and can compete towards the top of the Premier League a team that fights for the shirt and a team the fans can be proud of Um mm-hmm. quite sort of general I guess sort of uh, um, aspirations, um, but is he right? Is that what is that ultimately is what missing? You know, Gav has, has spoken there about you know an in inverted commas identity. I mean, are we being are we being naive to think that that formulating an identity is the right thing for the club at the moment? Uh, you know, is is an identity in that regard important to Farhad, a man who clearly just craves success? Um, what do, what do you make of, of what Farhad
4: yeah. hopes to see? Yeah, um, well it's it's the nail it's, it's obvious, isn't it? it? It it it's the winning mentality that he that he won want, he wants. He's obviously like um all these very ambitious owners, he, he wants to be part of that um elite group. And yeah, that, that I think that, that statement about winning football before we get onto the nuances of the particular style of football, it's the results-based business. And so far over his tenure, you know, he's, he's invested about half a billion pounds of his, his own money, I believe, and, and already. I mean, we're not even talking about the stadium yet, which obviously they're, they're going to um, borrow money for. Um, that um, And try to get Everton into um, a winning position into the, that elite group at the of the Premier League and the Champions League places, and, and they're not near that, and they're not anywhere near that. So, on the one hand, we're talking about, you know, it, it is Benitez. You know, yesterday's man are comparing him to Ancelotti, another manager of a similar CV in his early 60s. But some of the other points have been made actually quite fair about Benitez in that, as Gav has said, he's probably far more of a, um, a tactician than than Ancelotti. And one of the things that that is seen as one of Ancelotti's strengths, that sort of that man management, maybe didn't work as well at Everton ultimately as what it, it would work with those more successful teams they've been in the past where, um, you know, tickle the bellies of the big stars and uh, get the best out of them. Perhaps Everton's players do need that tough love that somebody like Rafa Benitez might be able to to bring, as we've mentioned. And his past positions in in England, he didn't go out necessarily to be, you know, best friend of the players the way you know the arm round the shoulder like Ancelotti would do with with James. Um, I mean, that's another issue altogether. What, what, what happens with James? But um, yeah, those those other Everton players, there's a lot of them underachieving, not fulfilling the their full potential, so perhaps it's perhaps a bit too simplistic to say that Benitez is just you know um you know coming from the cut from the same cloth as Ancelotti and he's actually despite you know his his age and background this actual um application of the job might be um, quite different.
1: The royal blue
2: podcast from the Liverpool echo prano um of all the people on this pod and, of, and of, of pretty much, I imagine everybody listening, you you will know Rafa better than than, than any of us. Um, look, he's now the manager and whether you're for his appointment or against it or, or indifferent, what type of man, what type of coach, your experience of, of his time at Liverpool um, have we appointed? Um,
1: the man is very, very different uh, to the coach. The man is... A lovely fella. He's a lovely, engaging, charming individual. Um, Extremely generous. Uh, You just look at the amount of money he's pumped into various charities in the city. Um, He's he's bought into life in the city, you know, so he loves it round here. You know, he's he's a lovely, engaging individual. Um, But he's a very different uh, creature on a training ground where he's in in a football match scenario where he's utterly meticulous um, he wants a particular plan put into place on a on a football pitch and he basically you know sort of makes sure that his players fulfill those plans he wants players to be in particular areas of the pitch uh, you know so if you move a, a foot to that direction or a yard to that direction uh, it'll be on your case because it's not what he wants and it's a way that's achieved results for him in the past it sounds a little bit over controlling sometimes and it's certainly not you know sort of free-flowing freedom of expression that you know, you're going to witness it's not like you know <laughs> it's a dutch total football or something like that but you know so what he does uh works um he, he demands an awful lot from his players and the players who've played under that uh, regime speak very very positively about it it sounds like it's overbearing and it sounds like it's overly controlling uh, but you just look at you know the way players respond to it Steven Gerrard, who uh, he got dragged off in a derby match because he was trying too hard, and uh, Gerrard, you know, so went ballistic about that. But then afterwards, actually, you know, understood what Benitez was talking about and uh, why he probably reluctantly felt that he was right to do that. Uh, Jeremy Carragher has spoken very, you know, so positively about uh, you know, so the the changes that he makes. Um, nobody ever warms to him uh, because he's like you say, he's not that kind of man manager. Although maybe that's not strictly true, Christian Atsu, uh, who was like very, very recently an Emerson footballer, um, and played under Raffle up in Newcastle, gave this glowing testimony to him uh, quite recently to one of our uh, sister papers, the Newcastle Chronicle, where he said that the, uh, the dressing room was broken-hearted when he left, and uh, he talked about um, how he'd been such an influential, you know, sort of figure for him personally. So he does seem to get players on side, despite this overly controlling and this uh, very, very meticulous approach to games. Bottom line is, footballers want to be successes, and if he's like producing a system that is successful and that helps you to win football matches, players will buy into it. If they don't believe in it, if they think that you know it's uh, it's all COD psychology, it doesn't work, you know, so they won't, and they'll, they'll fall out with you. So, you know, two very, very different, you know, so images are portrayed there, but that that's what he is really. You know, so when he switches off from football, which isn't very often, uh, you'll see a very endearing, very engaging individual. But on the training ground and in you know, football matches, he's utterly focused, utterly driven, and um, you know, so sort of utterly controlling. Well, I no, just,
2: just thinking on that, Prano. just 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 another one on, on, on that side of things. You know, look, we had success in inverted commas over a long period with, with an obsessive, if you like character with David Moyes fully kind of that way inclined. We've also gone the other way recently. Ronald Koeman didn't live at the training ground. We don't think Carlo particularly lived at the training ground. Is Rafa more in the Moyes mold in in, in your, your understanding and your knowledge of of the man?
1: Yeah, I would say so Uh, in in terms of attention to detail and stuff like that. I know because, you know, so David always uh, got criticized, you know, the stick that was always used to beat him with was his, uh, the, the detail in which he went into uh, for his potential purchases, he wanted to know everything about the players, including their, their personality, the way they conducted themselves off the pitch. And as a result became, for me, unfairly christened with this label Dithering Davy. Uh, he didn't dither because, you know, he wasn't sure about players. It's because he wanted to know absolutely everything about them before he committed what at the time was quite limited funds for the football club uh, onto players. So Rafa is quite similar in that respect and that he wants to know absolutely everything about, you know, sort of the players that he brings in, about the system that they're going to play on the pitch. So, yeah, you know, if you're going to try and draw parallels with uh, with, with Everton managers of the past, possibly he is the one that, you know, sort of you're closest to, maybe, um, you know, so sort of that bit more driven and, you know, Maybe to a, a lesser degree, you know, so maybe Gavin can tell you know, better than me on this, but Harry Kasserich, who was never a popular manager amongst the, a broad section of the Everson fan base. And uh, I did a piece earlier this week where I, I picked out some quotes from uh, from Rob Sawyer's book about it where he gave an interview to the BBC, I think in 1968, talking about, I know I'm not popular, but, you know, so that's, you know, I, I need to get on with this. Um, I mean, he was was allegedly jostled by the Everson fans, um, on a car park outside Bloomfield Road because he dropped a crowd favourite in favour of a young Joe Royal. So, you know, popularity isn't always the be-all and ends-all, you know, sort of with managers. And there are a couple of, you know, some managers from the past at Emerson that you can um, you can compare him to. The bottom line is, you know, he is very much his own man. You know, so he's got his own mind about everything. And uh, he won't be swayed in the slightest. And, you know, he's had many, many fallouts with hierarchies at football clubs over the single-mindedness. And, uh, you know, Farhad, because, you know, it's Farhad who's brought him in, he better brace himself for some very, very demanding uh, conversations with him in the near future, because, you know, Rafa Williams will want to do things his way and he'll demand that, you know, the owner of the football club supports him in that. and um,
2: speaking of players, who do you think today is rubbing their hands together at Rafa's appointment and who is thinking, right, on the phone to the agent, I need to move, I need to move here? <laughs>
0: It's it's hard, isn't it? I think you know the vast majority of players you you'd hope would be will be quite happy with you know the appointment of somebody. You know, as we as we've already discussed, someone with the CV of raffer who's got Premier League experience. You know, I think it was interesting to see in his interview as well. You know, he's already talking about you know speaking closely to the club staff who are already here to try and get get into all the finer details of every single player that's already here. So I think you know it, it, it's really good to see. That a manager is that you know committed to learning so much about his players at this early stage. So I think you know a lot of players reading that you'd hope would be would be quite happy about it. Uh, in terms of the latter, you know the, the one that still st- st- sticks out to me is James Rodriguez, isn't it? You know it's really it's really hard to judge where his head's going to be because he was he made no secret about Carlo Ancelotti being essentially the only reason that he's at Goodison Park. Uh, right now anyway so you know Carlo Ancelotti's departure yeah, you, you do just wonder how that's going to how that's just going to be sitting with him yeah, he's not he's not playing any international football over this summer so he's just been he's presumably just been sat there mulling over mulling over what he's going to be doing you know when he's not playing you know basketball or you know visiting the baseball or whatever <laughs> whatever he's been doing while he's been out in America But uh, how you've
2: been spending your summer so far I know
0: no, 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 no. Oh, sorry, ultimately not. Uh, being a being a short man, basketball probably is football, <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, uh, but yeah, it, I, I think he's the one that stands out to me. You know, more than any other Ancelotti signing, particularly. You know, I, I think you know the likes of Alan and Abdellah Diore, Ben Ben Godfrey. They're all going to be. I I think you know, ultimately committed to Everton, but I think Amos Rodriguez is that kind of you know world class. Superstar, isn't he? Where you do, you do just wonder that if if another you know of Europe's you know super clubs let you know he's been linked with AC Milan quite a lot recently over the last few weeks. You know you, you do wonder that if if that interest does become legitimate, is his head going to be is his head going to turn a little bit because you know the man who brought him here isn't isn't here anymore. You know I think he has worked with Benitez uh, at Real Madrid in the past, hasn't he? But I'm not sure I'm not sure their relationship uh, necessarily flourished. Where, where, when the pair were at the been together so it, it it's going to be really interesting to see uh, to see what the what the next few weeks bring bring with him but i think he's the only one really that sticks out to me the that, that you know maybe is maybe is thinking about his future just just because of rafa being here. i think every other player should really should really take this as a new opportunity because you know there, there'll be players there who you know, probably have had been judged by at the end Probably run on their Everton futures going into this summer. Maybe, maybe are, are they going to be given a new chance to impress under a new manager? Perhaps there's going to be a few players who are, who have that kind of thought roaming about their heads. So you know, think, fingers crossed he can he can manage to get the best out of out of all the players. I would say.
2: Josh King, come back. always is forgiven. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Not> that that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, quite a scathing
2: interview from Josh King earlier this week. In case any of you haven't seen it, where he basically accused Carlo Ancelotti of being a liar. So, uh, yeah, you can read that on our website if you haven't seen it already. Um, uh, Gav Rafa officially starts officially starts uh, on Monday when some of the squad return for pre season. But of course, he's yeah. he's in the building now and he and he's working. Um, are, are you are you at all concerned, anxious that you know our transfer? Business has been delayed, or did you expect with it with an international summer, it was always going to be pushed back and delayed anyway? What, what's your feelings about you know the, the timing and and timing and all that?
3: that yeah, interesting. Uh, just say by the way, just picked up on one of those points there. Penny for Moises thoughts when he ro- rocks up goodness the next season and sees Benitez and <laughs> the Everton dugout. That'll yeah. be a bit weird, won't it? You know, just that'll be, a, that, be weird for that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that'll be an incessant photo opportunity, won't it? Yeah, well, Benitez's problems are uh, they're the same as the ones we spoke about at the end of last year, isn't it? Complete imbalance in the team. Um we've desperately need a right back, we desperately need pace uh out wide on the right going forward. We probably need to, to bring somebody in the midfield, these two players. Back up for uh, Calvert-Lewin. Um, mate, I don't know what the, the reserve goalkeeping situation is going to be next year. So his inbox is going to be quite hefty, Phil, isn't it, really? What, what, what I would say on this, though, and it, it goes back to macheri's points today, is haven't, macheri haven't gone through all this stick, getting stick and all this about bringing and in. He's really, really got to be creative, hasn't he? in terms of generating money
2: mm.
3: to back when he says, hasn't he? Perhaps that's the, the, the benefit of bringing him Benitez perhaps compared to another manager is Machiri's really got to do it, hasn't he, as a team, yeah. cash-wise in terms of being creative and, you know, with FFP and all this. But well, it still exists is a different, different question, of course. You know, the one benefit of bringing Benitez he he's got to. He's got to back him, hasn't he? got you know because, and he's got to be very because, creative the way that's done. Because he's because he's his man and nobody else he's his him. man yeah 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 and, and he's got so much for it so therefore to make Benny says be loved or whatever at the end of his whenever that is uh it will involve Machiery really perhaps going further than what he may have done with it, another manager. Mm. And I think if that's for the transfer market that'll be an interesting be an interesting to see what happens there. Whether I, the, whether there's some, shall we say, you know, ingenuity. <laughs>
2: well, yeah, that's that's gonna be the, that's gonna be the interesting dynamic, isn't it? Whether the club the club feel, you know, as our understanding is there's some concern over FFP and stuff and and whether and what, what Rafa has been inverted commas promised or or what level yeah. of support he's been offered. So, you know, it could be could be an
3: interesting summary re- in that regard, couldn't it? Well, yeah, exactly, you know we'll, I don't know, we we'll, we'll just sit and we'll just you know give him money and worry about the consequences afterwards, because actually I've got to make sure he's successful. I mean I, I don't know it's just another little different it's a different angle that with it with when he says then perhaps wouldn't be there with other managers, for the staff that for the fact that he's obviously Machiri's guy and of all the stick that he's had uh, over the appointment, so yeah. he's has he, got to make it work. Yeah, this time, so, yeah, are, are, that's we, been
1: interesting. Are, are we confident that Farhad Mashiri is aware of uh, the, the level of objection to this? I mean, he's quite distanced from the area geographically, isn't he? I'm not sure he does social media. Clearly, you know, uh, so yeah. there are boardroom members who've made him deeply aware of, you know, so what the supporter reaction is likely to be like. But is he listening to them? <laughs> is, he, is he aware of it? I just
2: wondered that there was that interesting re- claim that. Um, Alicia Ruzmanov had sounded out Roman Abramovich um, as a man who had appointed Rafa Benitez previously, and if and if you sort of follow its natural path, you go well. Roman Abramovich had no problem in appointing Rafa Benitez in a, a particularly hostile environment. Sacked a club legend in Roberto Di Matteo, replaced him Rafa, knowing full well there would be hostility. I just I just wonder whether that's the that's the mentality of. Of, of people in that in that walk of life in that realm maybe that could just be this is business this is you know yes I, I'm, I'm aware of the sentiment but this is business
1: and, and we need to do what I thinks right for football. I don't know I'm, 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 maybe maybe and hopefully it's, it's it's a successful way to be I mean he's, he's successful in business. so if you can take that uh, that mindset onto yeah. a football field which is a very emotional uh, business, who knows maybe we're all wrong and who's right let's hope so. <laughs>
2: Chris,
1: just yeah. let's just stay
2: in with Sorry, Gav, I'm just going to move, just
3: going to ask Chris. No, a no, no, sorry, was, no, no, I was just going to make the point that um, the thing with Benny says with Chelsea, he'd only left Liverpool three years before he's left Liverpool eleven eleven years yeah. ago, hasn't he? So that was even more, at the time, Chelsea and Liverpool's ivory, that would even more emotive appointments, even than appointing them at Everton, perhaps. Um, so yeah, that would be, it'd just be interesting now. I Michieri's mean, got to make it work, hasn't he? Full stop.
2: Yeah, well, yeah. Chris, that, that was what I was going to ask you. Look, Far- Farhad ultimately is, you know, I suppose it could be semantics, but ultimately, Farhad has appointed all of the managers since he's been at the football club. particularly, you know, Silver was somebody he chased and he wanted. He appointed Sam Allardyce, of course. He pushed for Carlo, et cetera, et cetera. And they, of course, for different reasons, didn't last the course of their contract. Does Rafa get, because he's unlikely to get, much leeway with supporters if it it goes sticky and and, and, and difficult patches. Does Farhad almost double back the other way? And does he almost offer him more support? Or is that me being naive to think actually, ultimately, if it's not working, he he just wheel the axe as he has done previously. I I, just wonder whether this is a different Um, scenario and Rafa gets longer in those difficult moments if they come than others did.
4: I think it's ultimately got to be our on 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 the football pitch, hasn't it? Um, yes, I think with supporters, he's probably going to get less leeway with a, have with, with a lot of them. But ultimately, he's going to be judged on on those performances. Um, silver, you know, as much as he pushed for silver after he'd um, both before and after his time at, at Watford, you know, um, that when results weren't right and they finished up in the, the bottom three, he, he went. Hopefully, it won't go anywhere near that. Under Benita's, and that probably part of the thinking that again, that I mean, experienced at the top end of the, t- the table, he, he, he can push them on and use that experience. But, um, I, I, I think he's got to be guided by those results. I think what the club desperately needs now, and they were hoping to get that with Carlo Ancelotti, and with Carlo Ancelotti saying he was committed to the projects, wanting to be. Extended his contract, which is interesting. Benitez's contract also ends in 2024, which was the same as Ancelotti, wasn't it? Ancelotti hoping to get a new contract to stay for the new stadium. Is that the club desperately needs that continuity? Five managers in five years. And like we said, various reasons why they've gone. I mean, uh, Allardyce finished eighth, and then obviously the, but it didn't look like he was going to stick around for much longer. Things were so unpopular with the sub- supporters, but for various reasons, They've all lasted more or less 18 months tops. You know, nobody's even done three years since Moyes. I mean, Martinez went a game to go, one game shy of three seasons. So since Moyes left the football club, what's that now, eight years ago, nobody's done three full seasons. Five managers in five years now under Machiri since his appointment. And um, the club desperately needs that period of continuity. Whether that was going to be Rafa Benitez or another candidate who replaced Ancelotti, they really need somebody to, to go the distance and be, and that, I mean, three, four, five years, um, which would hopefully take them to the new stadium. But yeah, it, like all football managers, it will be, it'll be based on results. If, if, if Rafa does the business, I'd even say he would be loved if he delivered a trophy to Everton. But if things, like you say, go sticky, well, it'd go the way of the other ones. The
2: Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Preno, in, in true royal blue fashion, there's some interesting stuff happening. As we recall, we were made aware that um, Marcel Brands, who was not at Finch Farm today, quarantining, having been abroad on a business trip. I believe he's been in Holland. Uh, an interview has is, is dropped on the club website where he talks about working with Raphael. I'll just read you um, an interesting passage and then get your thoughts on it. Unfortunately, in the three years I've been working for Everton, we've already had three different managers. Hopefully now with the new manager, we can create that stability for a longer period. My job is to support and to facilitate the manager staff football department as well as possible. Hopefully my experience will help him also. Uh, I think it's one of the most important centre manager can trust me. I will always be honest um, and he goes on to say, um, integrity is is key for me. That's what I've done in the past 25 years and that's what I'll always do. That I'm someone people can rely on and that's what I'll also do with Rafa. Now, there's been a lot of talk about how much or how little Marcel was involved in this appointment and how well or how well or not Rafa would work with the director of football. How do you see that dynamic working? Of course, Marcel's saying the right things as you'd expect today. Um, But clearly, clearly, asking for some stability. You know, he's clearly not yeah. happy, if you like, the fact that the, the chopping and changing that we've spoken about already in this podcast has, has happened.
1: Uh, I thought it was quite pointed in the um, in the statements. Uh, the initial uh, appointments statements where Rafa talked about having worked successfully with the director of football in Spain uh, and said he was comfortable with that model which, again, is him saying the right things. Uh, but he's going to make life challenging for Marcel, I think, because as we've seen previously at many, many football clubs, I mean, he might have worked as the director of football at Valencia, but he fell out with them all. Uh, you know, really, he was very, very unhappy with the... Um, the recruitment of the football club. What was that famous phrase he said? I wanted a, I wanted a lamp, and they gave me a table leg or something. <laughs> Maybe it lost a little bit of something in translation. Uh, but he fell out spectacularly with the hierarchy at Valencia, as he did at Liverpool. You know, admittedly the circumstances were a bit different there, um, as he did it. You know, from day one at Newcastle with, with Ashley. Um So he's going to make life challenging uh, for Marcel, but hopefully they can find common ground. And Marcel does have. A great reputation like as he says he's honest he's a man of integrity he will tell rafa straight you know so what he can and can't do and rafa will tell him you know so what he expects him to do in terms of recruiting players but it's going to be very interesting because the pair of them do need to work together successfully if this project for want of a better word is going to endure and it's going to give us the uh the stability that we want it's funny actually, i did it i think a couple of days ago. Um with uh, one of the guys who works on uh, the Anfield Rap, Neil Atkinson, and he was talking about uh, the Liverpool perspective on um, Rafael Benitez going to, to Everton. And no one's particularly unhappy about it. But he actually threw in there, he goes, But imagine if he's there for five or six years, that then means he's succeeded. That then means that, you know, so he's done great things for Everton Football Club. Uh, and he's not our raffer anymore. And, you know, you could tell he was troubled by the idea. Uh, so, you know, clearly. That's what we want to happen. I know it might not be the most popular appointment at the moment. That's an understatement. But you know, if he can be a success, if he can suddenly, you know, sort of turn, uh, you know, sort of Liverpool fans the other way and become our raffer, if you like, who knows? Uh, but you know, bottom line is, yeah, him and Marcel Brands do have to work together very, very successfully, and they will challenge each other, I suspect. But that doesn't mean they can't work together. You know, so it's it's going to be an interesting dynamic that one. See so yeah, how that pans out. Adam, I think a couple of weeks ago when
2: we podded, and I think I may have asked this question to Pray on and forgive me if I asked the rest of you this question, but I said throw your mind forward, August the fourteenth, two fifty-five, Goodison, the players come out against Southampton. What's the atmosphere gonna be like?
0: Um, <laughs> uh, I, I I can't see the atmosphere being being great, to be honest. I think it's it's I think we've seen we've seen over the last few weeks you know the the sort of outpouring of dismay I, w- I would say on social media through from you know a large section of the fan base i would say to to this decision is 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 palpable you know we we've i think we've seen over the last couple of days that you know people have accepted the decision and you know they they they're, they're, they're going to try and, they're going to try and get behind the team as much as they can but i've seen a similar amount of people say that they just they just can't they just can't accept it, you know. My own dad has been texting me all day today, saying that he can't, that he can't get behind this decision at all. Which I think is, you know, it's quite sad. And it goes back to what I was saying at the start of the podcast. Like, I just don't think that Everton needed to necessarily go down this route. I think they could have they could have chosen some something that would have been just as successful and, you know, something that would have, that, well, that it wouldn't have created this kind of atmosphere uh, around the club. I think you know as, as i say you know if we if we get some new signings on board and you know we you know maybe even perform well in those pre-season games and you know maybe with a bit of time that maybe it'll dull, it'll dull it'll dull what 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 the atmosphere will be like let's say our first game of the season was this weekend for example you know i think the atmosphere would be quite would be quite raw then to say the very least i think it might be might be dulled a little bit by the by the fact that we have got you know well over a month to prepare for this but you know, I, I am I am expecting some sort of some sort of banners to be there at the very least. You know, I'm I'm not expecting him to have a warm reception from all four from all four sides of the ground. And you know, as I say, and you know, hopefully by the end of the season that does change. And you know, hopefully what Preno is saying is right. You know, we do we do see we do see the, this kind of stability that we've needed because I think that's I think Marcel Brands touched touched on it. And it, it's key, isn't it? You know, that, that's the thing that we've wanted. For a while, and you know, a few weeks ago, I was talking about I, w- I wanted Marcel Brands to be the man choosing the manager because I think that's that, that that stability was at the heart of that. You know, I want I want them to have the best working relationship possible. I want them to have as much stability as possible, and I thought the best way uh, to to guarantee that would be for Marcel Brands to be the man leading the managerial search. Now, obviously, that that hasn't been the case, and yet again, Marcel Brands is having to. Ben to Farhad Mashiri's will, but you know it, that that doesn't mean that it's not going to work. You, you know, yeah, as we've as we've discussed, Farhad uh, Rafael Benitez has worked with directors of football before, and he has made it work before. So, fingers crossed that, that can happen again, and you know, fingers crossed. Uh, a bit of a a bit of a a bit of a negative backlash uh, is probably the best way I'm going to be able to describe it. Uh, I've got some park over, I would say certainly over the first few games of the season at the very, at the very least.
2: Gav, so what Adam neatly uh, segues onto the question I was going to ask you. So those first few games of the season, Southampton at home, Leeds away, Brighton away uh, uh, before the end of August. What does Rafa have to have produced? What does he have to have, have taken from those games to, um, <laughs> look, I don't want to say... You know, change people's minds or, yeah. or whatever, but but have but have given himself a, a good start. What what rep, you know what represents a good start for Benitez in what is you know must be one of the yeah. most difficult ways to begin
3: a, a, a spell at. Yeah, the yeah, absolutely. It can make an, an easy start in this position work against you? Can because people say oh, you've got an easy start, you get some points off the board. But if you you get beat, mm-hmm. it's sort of say a little bit, but in some respects, you might have been better starting Man United at home, Man City away, Chelsea, Chelsea away, or something like that. You know, I say that. About to say, yeah, that I
1: know. One thing well,
3: but, <laughs> yeah, well, that, yeah, that's what. But I mean, it of position. In some respects, that would have been a better, a better start for him, wouldn't it? What Cooman got in seventeen eighteen, those Kooman's circumstances were completely different. Uh, you need to get nine points doesn't he that would help from those three games uh, don't get beaten in
1: your home
3: game a win from your home game is pretty much essential and, and don't get beaten all three would be a, a decent, uh, decent return uh, I, I'm just wondering whether we week, week is a, a long time in politics six weeks would be a hell of a long time in football and by the time mid-August is here maybe got a few players in and you know, and, and won the Florida Cup. <laughs> yeah, things have been sorted behind the scenes, people have been away, had a few beers and chilled. Whether the the you know, the, the tension and anxiety that you know, I fully understand what that's there at the moment with some some Everton fans, you know, a fair proportion, you know, let's face it. hopefully that will have just dissipated and when you get to the ground you get behind the team. Yeah, you know, you focus yeah. when you go to the ground. it's behind the team and got a new manager, isn't it? It's not. It's not to stand there straight away, and and I'm not sure if that's right because that 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 sort of doesn't help, does it? You know, I fully understand the, the you know the, the 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 negative stuff from Everton fans. Absolutely, fully understand it. But when you get in the ground, you've got to get behind the team, haven't you? Mm. you know, well, then that that negative stuff out there helps nobody. Yeah, I'm well. fully entitled to do what you do inside the ground, of course. But yeah. to me, as a supporter, to me that doesn't that's 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 something I would say is is a good thing. You know, yeah. uh, get behind. See, well, Chris, Gav, as Adam did, has neatly segued
2: on onto, onto the question I want to ask, and it will it will be where we, we finish today's pod, and we will pod again next week. I think Rafa's press conference is 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 likely to be at some point next week. Uh, in his closing answer uh, in the Q and A, Farhad Bashiri was asked, "Have you a final message for Evertonians?" Mm-hmm. And he said, I know that the last few weeks have not been an easy time for our supporters, so I'd like to thank them for their patience throughout the process. Hopefully now we can come together and be confident about our plans on and off the field. There are some exciting times ahead, and I hope the supporters know they have my full commitment in terms of delivering our ambitions. Farhad there, I guess, trying to offer some sort of um, Plea, if you like and uh, you know uh, really is a is a plea for kind of unity and you know that for me was is a kind of his his kind of way of acknowledging that he understands that it's it's a divisive appointment um is is he asking for for something that won't happen asking for, for the club and the fans to come together or or is that realistic and, and you know as gav says when people get inside the ground and the game kicks off you know, things relatively may go back to how you would normally expect, and 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 Gurison yeah. just behind the team as normal.
4: It's, it's interesting because this this appointment has coincided with what should be a hugely positive step of the return and mass numbers of supporters into stadiums. Um, ultimately, Ancelotti's tenure will be marred by it being dominated by um, empty grounds and being the lockdown manager for the vast majority of his tenure, I suppose. On the one way, maybe Rafa Benitez could have been easy for him to sneak through the back door and start off with with an empty some part. But, you no, know, I think that while a lot of people have got their reservations, a lot of Evertonians are vehemently against this appointment, I think, as we said, once it's that first whistle goes and the game starts, that, that first game of the season against Southampton, I think they will back the team. Um, we can't ignore the man on, on the sidelines. It's, it's it's a huge decision. It's the most divisive decision in in Merseyside football history, but once that first whistle goes, those Evertonians, I believe, in the vast majority, no matter what certain individuals have said online, we, we can sort of get carried away and those views get amplified in the grand scheme of things. So what the reality would be with almost 40,000 in the stadium, I think most fans are just going to back the team, regardless of, 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 of who the manager is. Um, we've all got our different um, opinions on the managers that um, Mashiri is... As appointed, um, I mean, some of the ones I wasn't particularly enamoured with. I think, like everyone, I, I was fully behind Carlo Ancelotti, and I thought that was great. And look where that has ended now—just eighteen months in, he, he's left Everton in this position, and they start again. I think everyone will be uh, behind the team and and, and and the whole. And I think it will actually be a very positive um, attitude. It might it might not be you know ecstatic, but you know everyone's going to be behind the team and fully trying to. Um, be committed to uh, getting Everton off to a great start to the season.
2: Well, here's hoping, Chris. Excellent (laughs) stuff. Chaps, uh, thank you very much for your company. Great opinion and insight as always. As I said, uh, we're expecting Rafa Benitez press conference at some point next week, so it would seem uh, completely uh, suitable for us to pod afterwards and, and reflect on Rafa's first words in public as opposed to the statement stuff that we've seen today. And, uh, and look ahead after we've had a bit more from, from the new manager. But thank you very much and thank you all for listening. This has been the Royal Blue Podcast.
1: You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.